Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana. And I'm Brooke. And this is episode 109. Today, we are going to be talking about The Walking Dead, season 10, episode 22, Here's Negan, and our recommendations on Godzilla vs. Kong, Bad Trip, and 90s skate videos. But before we dive in, how are you doing today, Brooke? I am doing so great. Thank you for asking, Diana. How are you? I'm awesome, Brooke. I love it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You're looking mighty sharp there. Oh, am I coming in clear? <laughs> Very clear. Do you know what that movie is or that line is from? What movie that line is from? No, you're the good one with knowing where all the lines are from. What movie? What this movie? is like really, um, it'd be like a little needle in a haystack unless you really knew the movie, which it's not difficult to know the movie. Um, but I'll do it to my family. I'll be like, I'm, am I coming in clear? And the movie that I got that from is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, where little Mikey um, is shrunk. They shrink him and he's on TV in the TV. And that's what he says. Am I coming in clear? (laughs) It's cute. What's funny is a friend of mine, um, we were going back and forth on text and I'm like, oh, are you you're killing me smalls right so that oh, yeah. so i tried to find the the um the meme on it so i was looking for it and then so funny i came across one of our podcasts and i was listening to it cuz it just happened to be on it was a fear the walking dead podcast i just listened to it in my car as i was driving what do you say <laughs> You say that. You're like, you're killing me, Smalls. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so funny. That's it's funny. twice that I've heard that in a week. So now it makes me want to go out and watch the movie. So The Sandlot, everybody. Yes, love that movie. Love it. <laughs> okay, so we're going to be talking about Here's Negan. And in this episode, we see, you know, some things come up that Negan really loves, like his leather jacket and his bat. And so it made me wonder, Brooke, if there's an object that brings back nostalgia to you. Oh, it's such a perfect question. um, Because I, you know, well, I, I love nostalgia altogether. And like 80s, 90 nostalgia is just like, my roots, right? So uh, a big um, trade that I'm helping my kids uh, learn and it's nostalgic to my past is skateboarding. Yeah. I was not a very, yeah, I was not a very good skateboarder, but I loved it and I hung out with people who loved it and I learned a lot from people who loved it and I, we would watch skate videos. I, you know, I lived in a beach town. So that was what the culture was, was skating. We would just go, you know, we'd find different parking lots that had this or that, you know, where we could play and skate. And, you know, my friends would get, we would get really hot and sweaty just skating in a parking lot. And I'm teaching my kids and we're watching skate videos and I'm like, look at how sweaty he is. 
And they're like, you get sweaty from skateboarding? I'm like, how do you not? If you're not getting sweaty, then you're not really skateboarding. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I took the kids to uh, uh, a skate shop a couple weekends ago in a town where I grew up. And so they got to, uh, you know, see what it's like to to walk into a, a 40-year-old skate shop. I mean, that's the beginning of skateboarding. So I was really excited for them to have that uh, feeling that I would feel when I would walk into a place and buy my board and pick out the board and wheels and all the apparel and the music and the culture. And so that was really important. And they loved it. I was so excited when you were going. I want to Aww. see these skateboards. I want to see them. Oh, maybe <laughs> I haven't sent you a picture of them. I'm sorry. No, you haven't. Oh, you're, they're you're so killing cute. me, Smalls. Oh. <laughs> so cute. I'll do that for you. Okay, I hope so. What brings back nostalgia for you? Is there an object or a place? You know, I hate to be a copycat, but seriously, it is my skateboard. It was Aww. it was it for me. It was the object. It was when I think of, when you told me that, you know, you were going to go to the skate shop and and get your kids some skateboards, I told you how much I loved my skateboard growing up. It was the coolest thing. I wanted it so bad for Christmas. My brother bought it for me. He bought me the coolest one. It was like this psychedelic colored one. It was so, I I felt like I was the coolest kid on the street. I was running around with it. It was so much fun. And, you know, growing up, there were kids up and down the neighborhood and we were all out with our skateboards back and forth. And I wasn't the best writer. I really wasn't, but I tried. And I remember one one um, day I decided to ride my skateboard to school and to walk to school was about a 45 minute walk. And um, yeah, I was exhausted. So I'm right there with you about the sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes, so it is a skateboard for me also. I loved it. Oh, that's so cute. You know, if, uh, friends of Diana's, I know you, uh, you know, she's got some really great nostalgic uh, pictures of you all hanging out together in, I'm guessing, high school. And so I love looking at your high school photos when you post them. They're so cute. You just posted one the other day. Yeah. And I'm looking at your hair. Like, oh my god. Aw. And her smile. <laughs> my friend was so cute in high school. Oh my gosh. I would have loved to hang out with you in high school. <laughs> Let's go back. Let's go back, Brooke. I know. Back. That was I know. cool. That would More have been memories. fun. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, we want to know about you. Let us know what you think. Is there an object that brings back nostalgia for you? You can leave us a comment on Twitter at in underscore screens or at our Screens and Focus Facebook page. You can also follow us on our Instagram and subscribe to our website. The link is in our show notes. So Diana, tell me your overall thoughts on this episode of Here's Negan. 
I don't even know where to start. I loved this episode so much, so much. It was so good. So Negan's backstory was so revealing. It was heartbreaking. There were surprises. I was excited that we got to see the type of man Negan was and how he was impacted by Lucille and to see this evolution. Um, and I loved that Jeffrey Dean Morgan's wife, Hillary Burton Morgan, played Lucille. She was so good. She was amazing. Um, and it was very clear where Negan stands currently with the group. And I'm feeling really anxious about his presence in Alexandria. So I know I was so excited about this episode. I'm like, oh, he gets his own episode. Finally, this is like the moment that I've been waiting for. Like I've been waiting for this episode. I've heard about his backstory through the comics, but I wanted to see it um, in The Walking Dead on AMC. So impactful to know his pain and where it rooted from yeah okay so i want to know what you think i want to know because i mean it's obviously about negan and lucille and like how negan became negan but like i need we got to just dive in (laughs) yeah so we learn about the different facets of negan uh he started out as this ordinary guy who made awful decisions he was a high school coach, but lost his job due to an assault charge. He plays video games with high schoolers and then cheats on his wife and buys a $600 jacket with no money. But then during the apocalypse, he becomes a husband who deeply cares for his wife. I mean, there was such a transition to from what we saw him at the be- how he was at the beginning and how he was caring for her so you know so compassionately and but we also learn how strong Lucille is she has cancer learns about her husband's infidelity but doesn't tell him she knows calls all the shots and doesn't hesitate i mean i'm thinking man she is one strong lady there, at one point, she tells Negan that he has to get rid of the walker because the generator keeps attracting them closer to their home. And at first, he's totally resistant to the idea, but he finally goes out and he puts on this goggles and he struggles to kill the walker and he gets a knife in it and, and then it gets stuck. And then the next thing you know, a gunshot rings out and it's Lucille with her chemotherapy IV connected. And she used the one bullet they had to kill the walker. And she just did it so like confidently and right next to Negan. I'm like, she could have shot him, but no, she was like, she's like the queen. I I was like, whoa, this woman, she would be a major survivor in this world if cancer had not taken her out. That's how I feel about her. I know. I really enjoyed watching the two of them together during the apocalypse and how nurturing he was towards her and how, uh, you know, that really crappy world that they're living in, they're just 
homely about it. And he like really didn't want to leave her side. And, you know, they wanted to keep quiet. And I didn't really think that he enjoyed killing walkers with a hammer and having to go outside and get him away from the generator, you know, and he he was doing his best to take care of her. But when that generator finally dies, it's just so heartbreaking to see the choices that he has to make and and how she was just ready. I, you know, it was a sad, ugly truth, but it's like at some point you're just kind of like ready. And so yeah. for, he he wasn't. He wasn't. <clears throat> because when she left the doctor's office um, from finding out that she was diagnosed with cancer or that she had cancer, um, you heard on the radio, people are eating people or something eat, like that. Yeah, it was like the the, there are murderers eating flesh off the people they've killed or something like that. It was something bizarre like that. So it was like just starting. She's like, just give me some music. She just needed to listen to music in her car. So the apocalypse had started when she found out about cancer. Yeah. So, but yeah, you, you know, like his destructive nature before the apocalypse and then how the episode started out and putting things together, you know, I just initially thought that he was like a a gambler or a, a, you know, a liar, a cheat, because he was held up with those biker apocalypse people. Right. And I didn't, like, I was trying to understand where we are in time. Yeah. But it just seemed like he had to relive that momentarily to realize what he truly was invested in. And so I just really also feel like it was very interesting that the the writing and the directing, they played with time in that episode. And we we really didn't get lost because no. it was pretty, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. And it, I was so into this. It was easy yes. to follow, but yet I see how we got to understand the development. Man, you know, the last episode with uh, the episode Diverged, uh, and I had said in the last podcast that that was one of my favorite, that was my favorite episode. (laughs) (gasps) That was before I saw this. I know. I know. I've been waiting for this. What did you think about Negan as a, you know, like what they were portrayed in this episode? Just him. Well. He is having such a hard time facing things. And because he, you know, left Lucille when she found out. Well, not left her, but didn't, wasn't by her side when she found out she had cancer. And so I feel like he just has a hard time facing her. And so he leaves her to try and find more chemo medication because the generator broke and the chemo went bad. Um because there was no more refrigeration. So he has to go out on the road and look for it. And she pleads with him not to go. She says, no, just stay here with me. That's what I really want. And he's like, no, you know, this is our chance. I've got to go find this for you. But he just doesn't want to face the inevitable. And like you said, Lucille knows when it's her time and, and that she's accepting it, that she understands it. Uh, which I'm happy that she, not happy, but, you know, that she's 
accepts that. So, um, but he leaves and finds the medication, but he has a run-in with that motorcycle club. And then when he finally returns, it's just too late. And she wrote on the door, don't leave me like this with a heart. And then he walks in to see that Lucille has tied herself up, taken pills and put a bag over her head and killed herself. And now she's become a walker. And it was so heartbreaking. It was such a heartbreaking scene. You know, he tears the bag from her face and then she's lunging at him to try and eat him as he sits there with tears and torment for not being there with her. And they have to play You Are So Beautiful in the background as this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? What? She's all, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> That's so true. Oh my God. With her bald head. With her bald head. Ah, uh, you know, okay. Wait, taking us outside of this episode for one quick second, I thought to myself, did Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Hillary, you know, did they laugh? At this scene, because she's dressed up as a walker and she's doing that. And he's so close to her. Or were they totally in character the whole moment? Because I I think that I might bust out laughing. I don't know. <laughs> oh, gosh. I was so sad and heartbroken when yes. the that was what we came home to. Oh. After all of that, robbing or not robbing, riding out these doctors <gasps> and barcode. I was shocked. I was shocked. I forget her name, uh, the blonde. Laura. But Okay, Laura, but we call her barcode um, in our house and because of her tattoo on her neck. Everybody says it looks like a barcode. <laughs> but anyway, when we ran into them, I did not know that she was like a doctor, first of all. And that's how he met her. So he ratted the, ratted them out so that he could, you know, get back to Lucille. Um, and then him to come home to that. I was so heartbroken, sad that she I... did that to herself with the letter on the door and, you know, like all the other scenes that we saw with her. We only saw her in a cute wig. And then yes. there was another scene where they played around with wigs and just displayed their love and affection. Yeah. So playfully, they were just so playful with each other within her condition, whereas before she was a very serious mm-hmm. wife. You know, she'd go down to the basement to find her teenage husband playing video games and calling high school kids pussies. <laughs> yeah. See? You know? Yeah. And she's just like put together. She's got her highlights. She she looks professional, you know, and she looks like she's his mom. Yes. And then in the apocalypse, they're wearing wigs and laughing and eating dog food mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as much as we were happy to see Negan happy, and it's unfortunate that he 
figured it out in an apocalypse how to treat his, his wife. wife. Yes. And she said that to him. You made up for it. Oh, it was heartbreaking. She forgave him for having an affair with her best friend because he took care of her in the apocalypse like she felt like she was on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. So he made up for that and she told him. Yeah. So it just, that was heartbreaking to see um, him walk out of the fire. With that because mo- music I, playing, yeah. with that song playing. He put the jacket on, he burned the house down, and he walks out and rides on a motorcycle away from the fire. It's just like he was reborn. And he kicks the mailbox. Yeah. When he wakes up from this past, uh, or revisiting the past, I, I we didn't start out the ep- our podcast episode with him digging around to find the bat, yeah, Lucille the bat, and um, you know, metaphorically, we see how he ends the episode, right, with uh, the fu- you know. The fire pit and splitting the bat. So it's just as much as I want to know where Daryl and Carol are going, I need to see what's going to happen with Negan too. Oh my gosh, for sure. Because he's not okay with being banished. No. And he comes back. So what else did you uh, notice in this episode? I thought it was really cute. To see Maggie and Herschel in the beginning, I like that. Um, I just like her teaching her son things that she learned with her father. So I thought that was kind of, I, I just I like that they sh- shared that with us. And, um, oh, Carol. Okay, Carol was, I don't even know what she was, but however you want to label her attitude. It was very interesting because she takes Negan to the cabin and everything's just so matter of fact. Like she's just kind of going through these motions, but she's got this look on her face like, ah, I don't even know how to describe it. But it was was really coy. Like she was being playful. I guess. But it was but even if she was being coy, it was doing deeds that had to be done. Right. It's like Carol just taking care of business, whatever it needs to mm-hmm. be. And so she takes him there. And then when he comes back and he says something to her and she says, well, it's off my conscience if Maggie kills you now. Because <laughs> I like a to- dominatrix or something. I, I know. Just, I try to help Praying you. Praying mantis. But <laughs> didn't work. So if you get killed, oh, well. You yeah. know, it was just very uh, interesting. But she did try and help him, but he didn't want to take it. Um, and then when Negan was talking to himself uh, at the very beginning to current Negan to yeah. old Negan, man, I felt like that was two different actors. I was like, holy crap, you're so good at being these two different personalities. Um, you know, he called himself a clown and a cult leader with no cult. So it was just very interesting that he sees this, you know, Negan uh, that was leading the saviors, that he sees him this way too, right? It's not, he, he you know, he sees what other people saw and why they didn't like that Negan. And 
it was also interesting us meeting that, you know, Laura, um, because she wasn't actually in the comic books. She wasn't the one that he initially met. It was supposed to be Dwight, but filming and COVID and everything didn't work out. So they decided, okay, Laura would be a really good person for him to meet initially on. So um, that was kind of cool to see her. And I wonder what happened to the her father. I mean, supposedly he probably died somewhere along the way, but I liked him. And it's kind of it's kind of sucks when we see characters that we like and then we don't get to see them again because I liked him. I, I liked that guy. I'm like, oh, he's cool. I want to see him now. I know. And he just had chemo. Oh, he did too? Oh, I'm sorry. He had the, he gave them the medicine. He oh, had he gave the treatment. Them, oh, oh, oh. You know, that's just like, wow. Yeah. You just like have a supply of it. That's just amazing. Yeah. Wow. I'm just to, to find chemo in an apocalypse. It's just I incredible. Know. Yeah. That's so true. I was so bummed. He, yeah, yeah oh, he's, man. yeah, he was I love pissed. He was not happy yeah. with those bikers. And um, Negan's return to Alexandria, like you said, like when he came strutting in and then he walks and he gives that smile and he turns and looks at Maggie. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. What's he doing that for? I don't know. (laughs) Man. What about about you, Brooke? Do you have any other thoughts? Oh, man. Well, oh, you know, uh, so that, that little dinette set that they had in the basement where they're eating dog food on. Yeah. That is a vintage honeymoon settee. Oh. Yeah. And I just thought it was really cute that they stuck them on that, you know, little dining set, you know, for what they had in the basement. I just thought that was really sweet that they gave them that piece of furniture to you know, play this couple in the honeymoon dinette. I just, and so on my vintage hunts, I always look for those. So, um, and, uh, you know, one smack at a walker, he broke Lucille, the bat. We saw how with that Laura gave him the bat and he tied the barbed wire around it. Yeah. And that biker, whoo. And just all the other people, he killed all this, all the scouts, um, for that biker gang, um, before he got in there. It just, he was on a wrath. He was. So he's, man, mm, that was a dang good episode. It was. I have to watch it again. I did. <laughs> yeah. I did. I'm like, I have to it watch this good. again. It's so good. So. Who would you give an award to? What was your favorite quote, character, or moment? Of course, I'm going to give it to Negan. Yeah. Um, But I have to say, I'm all over the board with Negan. I love him and I hate what he's done. You know, it's like, uh, how how do you deal with somebody like this? And I think it says a lot about Jeffrey Dean Morgan, the actor, and his charm that he brings to his character. Um, I did love the words Negan said while burning his bat. He was reflecting um, how he was a coward and not wanting to face losing Lucille. And then he apologizes to her. And he apologizes to her for naming his bat after her. Um, 
But it did make me wonder for a moment, you know, with the wrath um, that he went through after her dying and him putting on the jacket and doing the bat like you had mentioned and killing all the bikers. I thought, doesn't he see that's how Maggie feels? Can't you put yourself in her shoes when you beat her husband in front of her to death with that bat? It, seriously, I was like, oh my gosh, you've got to be able to see this and and understand what she's going through. Um, when he apologized to his wife, um, I was thinking that he maybe for a second, that split second, I was thinking maybe he'll go apologize with that same sentiment to Maggie because I was just feeling it. I was so feeling his apology and I thought, oh, just bring that to Maggie, that same vulnerability, just bring that to her and maybe somehow it will connect. But but then after, you know, the sun rose, everything came out. I was like, no, I don't think that's happening as he walked into Alexandria. So yeah, I don't know. This was a an amazing, such a good episode. I loved it so much. So yeah, Negan. I, I love that Negan was highlighted in this episode. It was it was so good. Tell me who you would give your award to. What was your favorite quote character or moment? Well, yes, and it was definitely a a long time coming. We needed to see this. So I'm so glad and thankful. Um, I'm gonna give my award to I have to give it to Lucille. She was such a monumental person in Negan's life. He, you know, it totally set him off losing her. That's not what she wanted him to do. She never intended for him to, um, she wanted him to live. Yeah. She wanted him to live. She was also, she had to have been tired of her illness and holding him back. He was afraid to kill a, like he did not want to kill a walker outside you know, of their house. He was like, uh, I know later. I'll yeah. do it later. Yeah. <laughs> Let's turn it off. There are more going to come. More going to come. We got to turn it off. I know, right? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, damn it. You're being cowardly, Negan. What is wrong with you? Where your you wife's know? all out there. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, like, get it over with already. And then yeah. she wants to smoke pot. Yeah. I love that. Let's smoke the pot. No, it's for you. Are you sure? Okay. I know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, what? You got weed up in here? (laughs) (laughs) You've been holding out on me this whole time? No. But really, I just think everything um, that she stood for was more than to be called the, you know, to be named after like a bat. Like, no, that's not... So I'm glad that um, he had to revisit that. And and thanks to Carol, you know, and whoever else banished him from Alexandria and stuck him in a place where he can reflect. We'll see what he ends up doing. But Lucille, you know, it's uh, she was a strong lady. The day you find out you have cancer, you just ignore the fact that you're or deal with the fact that your husband cheated on you with your best friend. I know. So 
And like you said earlier, she'd, she'd be a winner in the apocalypse. She'd be a great leader. She'd be like a Madison. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. It's so nice to meet you, Lucille. I know it was. It yeah. was. Yeah. Well, I guess that wraps it up for The Walking Dead. Season 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Oh, Next my gosh. Walking Dead will be season 11. It's going to be amazing. Final. I cannot wait. The final so that's, season. I believe you had text me August 22nd will be The Walking Dead. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Thank well, you if for you were saying listening, that. Yeah, if you listened through this entire The Walking Dead podcast, then you'll know. <laughs> of course I did. Of August did. 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> Season 11. So what else are you watching, my dear friend? Um, I am watching Top Chef Portland. It just started a couple, uh, two week, uh, week, last week, I think it was. It's been very good. I love my reality All you said shows. was chef, and I'm just, my stomach is growling. <laughs> I love watching them cook. It, uh, the latest episode was they were being short order cooks and making br- breakfasts within 30 minutes. And uh, they were just barking out like what they wanted. And the chefs all had to uh, make uh, the specific um, order uh, with what they had on hand and what they could. And oh, my God, see all in that food, seeing all that food. <gasps> I wanted to eat it so bad. So it was really good. Oh, so yum. yes, Top Chef is out. So check that out if you like Top Chef. And if you don't, you should check it out because it's really good. Uh, I also watch Godzilla versus Kong. This is on HBO Max. Okay. And I just want to say I love King Kong. I love him. I just, there's just something, there's just something about that. That ape that I just love. It's those eyes and his affinity toward, you know, women. Um, But so I thought going into this, what? I don't want to see him fighting against Godzilla. What if Godzilla hurts him? I don't want to see it. But um, it was a good movie. Uh, It, it, you know, Kong's caretakers are trying to get him to a new home in Hollow Earth, but Godzilla senses his presence and goes after him, and there are huge battles, but um, they soon discover there is a larger threat. So, um, but one of the stories within this film is that Kong is able to communicate with a deaf, orphaned um, native girl. I don't know if it's Iwi native. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correct, but the tribe is from Skull Island. But her name is Ja, and she's the cutest thing. And so they have a powerful bond, and they use sign language to communicate, which is my favorite part of the movie. Uh, But also Alexander Skarsgård and Millie Bobby Brown star in this movie as well. And so that actually helped drive me into this movie because I love them as actors. So that was um, really good. But uh, Brooke and I were talking about this next movie a little bit um, before we started recording. It is not my typical movie to watch, but my son told me every day, mom, watch this movie. Mom, watch this movie. Mom, watch this movie. Have you watched it yet? Have you put it on yet? Are you watching it yet? (laughs) And then I saw uh, another podcast, uh, NPR Pop Culture Happy Hour, uh, did a podcast on The Bad Trip. It's out on Netflix. So I decided to watch it. And it's with Eric Andre and Lil Ray Howery. And this is a mix of scripted buddy 
comedy road trip movie with real hidden camera pranks. And it is... It is it is funny, but again, this is not my typical movie to watch, but some of the things are so outrageous. I'm like, how do people really um, believe that this is happening? But everything is real. They're on a road trip in their movie, and also Tiffany Haddish is in here, and she is so good. She's so convincing. She's so good. I'm I'm like oh my gosh she's such a great actress, um, but uh, it, it's interesting how all these um, unsuspecting real life people are pulled into these uh, into the story with them. So it is funny. It's not for everyone, but uh, if you like that type of film, you will enjoy this. So cool, Brooke. Tell me what you're watching. Oh, you know what? The other night I had to introduce the kids to some 90s skate videos and we watched them on YouTube. So we started out with watching, I just introduced them to uh, like Dogtown and the Z Boys from Southern California, uh, you know, where basically like they need to watch that documentary um, eventually. But it's like the birth of skateboarding and just kind of like the competitions that they used to have back then where everything was like basically surfing um, on asphalt or, you know, sidewalks and stuff, just surfing on a board and to see that and how cool it was. And there was one woman, like one young girl. And so Gemma was really um, excited and inspired to see even way back in the 70s that girls were skateboarding. We then moved to watching um, some Tony Hawk current videos that he's produced, and they were really excited to see Tony Hawk. And, you know, we talked about the video game and how much fun we used to have playing the video game. And so eventually we're going to have to dig out our old consoles and put on the Tony Hawk video game for them. Uh, from there, we ended up watching some Sky Brown videos, and she's like an amazing, adorable um, surfer, skater. She's about 12 years old now, and she's um, an Olympian. So she it, she's so proud. She's just so fun to watch and just completely inspiring. I mean, she was trying to do this one trick. And I think she did it about 50 times before she got it right, before she was okay with being done. She was not going to stop until she were able to succeed. And it's just that passion and that little child just made me want to get out there and and succeed at anything that I want to do. <laughs> I love Mentor it. at 12 years old. Can you believe that? You got to check out her videos if you haven't seen them already. And then for the... um. Another video we ended up watching was like this Australian uh, skater. He actually rides scooters and there's this like mega pipe that he goes down and it literally looks like you're just going straight down and he just goes off down on his scooter and he has this seven-year-old kid and he's like, go for it. And this little boy is like, no way. No way. He was just... <laughs> so cute. He was not about to do it. No way. And so we were just Love loving it. this, you know, this um, channel that we watch on this. We watched the whole thing. We just were stuck on their personalities and the YouTube video. 
And we then ended our evening with true 90s skate videos. So if you go on YouTube and just do 1990s skateboard videos, there's a compilation of skaters. And I remember just going and hanging out with the my friends after school and watching these videos and just having music playing in the background. We're eating chips. We're just, you know, we've got our after school snacks and we just watch these skate videos and to see what like my daughter was like so amazed she's like how do they keep the board on their feet do they have tape <laughs> on their shoes <laughs> it was so cool so i'm just like so happy to be blowing their minds simply with skateboarding that's so cool i love it love <laughs> it yeah yes so check it out. All right, friends. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. That's our show. We are grateful that you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you and gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens and Focus and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. Also, if you could rate and review our podcast on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, we need your feedback. This will help other listeners find us. Yes, thank you. We'll be uploading a new episode in a couple of weeks. Next show will be on the Oscar nominations, Fear the Walking Dead, and what we're watching. You can find our website listed in our show notes. See you next time. Bye. Bye.